Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast, where we share in the stories of former female athletes, connect on the transition out of sport, and create a space where the always an athlete tribe can come for connection and inspiration. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, founder of the Her Sports Story blog and podcast, and former competitive gymnast of 15 years to an athlete advocate professional. It makes my heart so happy to connect in and share these former female athlete stories. And I am so grateful and excited that you are here to join us. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Her Sports Story podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Carrie Higgins. Carrie is a former collegiate soccer athlete turned professional cyclist turned business owner. Yes, she had sports career 2.0 as a professional cyclist, which she kicked off at the age of 30 when she participated in her very first race. Her 10-year-long cycling career is decorated, to say the least. And during this conversation, we talk all things Carrie's sports story. We talk about how there are so many aspects developed in sport that transitions so well to life. And we also dive into this really exciting topic of women's sports being recognized. And one of the great events that Carrie and I were able to connect on is the Colorado Classic. The Colorado Classic is going to be a women's race for the first time in its history. This race is going to take place at the end of August this year, the 22nd through the 25th. And it is so cool to see these corporations like VF Corporation and groups like RPM Events investing in women's sports and providing this incredible platform. So you'll hear Carrie and I talk all things how incredible this is. And it's only the beginning and the energy around women's only events is just going to be magical to say the least. So I will include all details in the show notes regarding where you can reach Carrie as well as where you can follow along with the Colorado Classic this year. So I really hope you enjoy this episode with myself and Carrie Higgins. Carrie, I can't tell you how excited I am for our community to get to know you. So please go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and what you do currently. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I'm really excited to share. I think, um, um, I'm very passionate about sport in general, and I'm very passionate about young women and finding their way through sport and life. So I think those two go hand in hand. And just to give you like a real super brief background on me, I was an athlete growing up, every team sport in the book, um, ended up playing division one soccer, university of Alabama, graduated from there, went into the corporate world. Um, I still being, you know, the weekend warrior, like a lot of young um, 20-something year olds do. And then um, I discovered cycling after I moved out to Boulder, Colorado for my career. And that was like 
the beginning of the end of the corporate career for me after my first bike race, I was like hooked like immediately. So then I spent the next 10 years um, as a professional cyclist and um, that career was amazing. It was such a cool experience for life. And, um, and now I joke my husband cause I spent my twenties cl cl climbing the corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. I spent my thirties chasing the cycling ladder and now in my 40s I run my own business and um, chasing that that um, real estate ladder to be the best I can be. Wow it's so funny how I mean I would imagine that after you graduated from University of Alabama that like cycling wasn't even really something you thought you would go no. pro in. Right? No I mean I, I had a bike at Alabama I think <laughs> and I think it got stolen. I mean, that's how connected I was to the cycling world. Um, I do remember a friend of mine taking me out mountain biking one time when I was in college, but that was that. Um, but you know, like a lot of cyclists, because cycling is um, not a mainstream sport or it used to not be a mainstream. I think it's becoming that at least in my little bubble of Boulder, it's becoming a little more mainstream, but I didn't grow up knowing what cycling races were all about. So like a lot of women who get into the sport later, it's because of a boyfriend or a husband or, and that was the case with me. And I feel very fortunate for that. But, um, he grew up as a bike racer and he just said for like, I'd started dating him when I was 22. And for years he was like, you'd be such a good bike racer. And like, you know, being that I had lots of other interests in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I pushed mm -hmm. him up. And I literally did my first bike race like a month before my 30th birthday. And I was like, what in the hell? Why did I not do this? I should have listened to him eight years ago. But, um, but no, I was, I was enjoying life without being a professional athlete. I was enjoying that corporate world. I really did enjoy that. And so, um, you know, it, it, everything happens when it's going to happen. And I'm glad I didn't force it in my young twenties. I think maybe I needed a break from being yeah. such a serious athlete that I was in college. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny you say that because my husband is very into cycling as well. Oh, cool. He always tells me, and I'm like, I do spin classes. So, you know, my coordination as a former gymnast, like I can, you know, I used to be able to do flips on a four inch beam, but right. <laughs> something under me that moves, like when I, I cannot ice skate. Oh my God. And my coordination, like on a bike that I'm controlling is questionable so it's so funny I'm like I will like I kill it in spin class like you don't even because <laughs> right. that bike doesn't move right. let me just tell you I couldn't do a backflip okay so yeah. there's that there's some trade out there right uh, well I would also kind of love to hear about you know how sport was a part of your life even as you know starting as a child and then through high school and college, yeah. what did that part of your sports journey look like? It was, it was amazing. I look back at it and I think that like a lot of people probably looked at my mom and questioned her, your, her mothering ability because like I was so busy. I had activities every single night, sometimes two activities, but I, all, I was the one who pushed for it. My brother, who's two years older than me, was not into sports. He did not enjoy it. He was not pushed into it. So it wasn't a choice of my parents. Um, and I say that because when I tell you what I did as a child, you're going to think, oh my God, those were some overbearing parents. And it wasn't, it was totally, it was all me. I wanted every part of it. Um, I played, you know, again, every team sport I did 
gymnastics when I was younger. I did dance, ballet, jazz, tap, you know, only when my legs got too big because I was enjoying soccer, they were like, oh, maybe a tutu doesn't look so hot on you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You can't jump as high in the air as the rest of the girls. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But so sport was a really, really big part of my life. And um, it really shaped who I am. It really shaped who my friends are. It really shaped um, like how I practice not even knowing that's what I was doing, time management, you know, in middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. And um, then having received a a, a full ride scholarship to a division one school, like I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. You know, I think when I chose the school that I chose, my parents were semi mortified because it was not known for academics, (laughs) but I was such a jock. I was so, I mean, and while I'm not dumb, I would just, I just, for me to be able to play at one, play a sport at one of the best universities in the nation known for athletics was um, an an amazing opportunity. And probably similar to you, like those girls are my best friends. Those teammates, I have teammates I've played soccer with since I was like eight years old. Yeah. Oh yeah. They are still on my speed dial. Yep. You know? And so it really shaped that my social part of my life. Um, and it really, it for sure has had a huge part in, um, how I approach my business world or the rest of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so many, uh, foundational type of characteristics or habits or, you know, just approaches that we develop as an athlete in sport, like from our teammates. And I, oh yeah, I have those girls like that. I text every day that I've known since 10 years old. Like how cool is that? Yeah. Just developing those relationships. And, you know, there's something to be said, one being on a team, two being in an environment where you are fully engaging almost every part of you, like physically, mentally, emotionally, and yeah. that environment is so special. Yeah. Not only do you get to develop great relationships, but you are laying the way for life after, like you said, how you approach your business. Now. Totally. And you know, the thing, here's what I just had this conversation the other day with somebody who really didn't grow up doing team sports and, um, or sport at all. And I was, so I coach a junior team now here in Boulder and yeah. coach sponsor a junior team. And it's, it's kind of how I feel like I can give back, but it's also really how I feel like I can mentor and have an influence on, um, teenage girls, boys too. Mm-hmm. But I, I have a, a strong desire to help mentor teenage girls. Cause I think it's a rough period of life. It is, a, it is hard. It is not fun. It's like the hormone. You don't even realize what's going on, but like hindsight, it's like, oh my gosh, the social pressures, the hormone raging. I mean, all of it. Right. Yes. And so I, um, was, you know, in mentoring these girls, like just the ups and the downs, you're not going to win every race. You're going to have some days where you feel like crap, where you just have to get the work done. It's Mm. all that is like so parallel to how life actually plays out. Yes. Some days you wake up and you don't feel well. And I feel like for sport, I learned that you still have to go on. You still have to wake up. You still have to put your cleats on. You still have to go out to practice. You still have to run sprints. Mm-hmm. It might not be your best day. You might not be a superstar. That's okay. We're not superstars every day. You right. know, in cycling, you're going to win. You're going to win one race and lose 39. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, what a good lesson that is. And so anyway, I was having this conversation with somebody in my professional world and I just said, I feel so fortunate in real estate, you get beat up, you know, but I feel so lucky that, um, that I learned at a young age, it's okay to get beat up. You stand your ass up, yes. language oh, and yeah. you keep going to persevere, like push through and like, it's okay to not have your best day. It's okay to lose a client that you thought you had a really good connection with. Get up, keep going, push forward. The sun is going to rise tomorrow, mm. you know? It's and I, I, I don't know that, um, I don't know how else I would have learned those lessons besides sport in my life. Right. It's like you develop that natural grit that sometimes we don't even make the connection all of the time that like, the reason I push through every day is because I used to have to battle at practice every day or fight through injury or come across, you know, loss after loss. But right. it's so important to remember because in all honesty, like sometimes I don't even remember, you know, when I'm at work and, you know, something goes wrong and, you know, I just naturally push through, but to reflect back yeah. During that time in my sport and be like, gosh, yeah, I was always judged against a perfect 10. Totally. Always fell oh short. Always right. fell short. And that was like normal. That's what's yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. You're, you're supposed to get up and get back up on the beam, even if you fall in the middle of a routine. Like you keep going. So they write book they write books about grit. Yes. And they and they and they're writing books about grit to um talk about people in the business world, but what are all of their analogies is the sporting world. And there is a reason for that. There's no other bet, no better way to learn about grit than in the sporting world, because you, you sign up for a team or whatever, when you're 10 years old mm -hmm. and you might go out and not like it the first couple of weeks, you're going to fall down. You're going to hurt. You're going to skin your knee. You're going to be the worst one on the team, but you still have to show up because you signed up for the you signed up for the season, right? And you, I, you know, I like there's so many other ways that people have outs like, Oh, you know, I'm just not good at that. And it's just easy to quit. And I feel like in sport, it's not easy to quit. Like it, at least if you're, you know, taught that you're not allowed to quit, you know? And so I, I just, that's such a, a, an important lesson in life to me. It really is. And so we talk about, you know, building this grit, but you're just, you're just building in your, as, especially when you're in sport, like from 10 years old to throughout your teenage years, that's not something that you're like thinking of like, Oh, no. I'm grit today. No, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so incredible. And it helps with so many of life's transitions. So in talking about transition, when you first stepped away from your collegiate soccer career and into, you know, the, the job world, the career world, your your corporate setting were there challenges there that you experienced yeah interesting you should add my first um corporate job i was selling ge medical systems um capital equipment so like radiology equipment okay. and it was an amazing job i still to this day don't even know how i got the job but i was like the youngest by 20 years on my team wow. and the only female wow yeah Think about that for a second. You're 21 years old, 22 years old, and you're the only female on a team and the youngest by 20 years. Like, so that was a challenge in and of itself. Yes. And, um, you know, but here's the deal is like, I feel like what sport gave me, I'm a naturally competitive person. I mean, most athletes who rise to a certain level are, 
right? Yeah. Um, I just, what I had and what I had learned is focus and um, how to set goals and then how to not give up on those goals. So for me, like, it was just like, I learned, I, I climbed a ladder in the sporting world. Like mm-hmm. I did everything I was going to do with soccer, everything I wanted to do. Yeah. And then to me, the next challenge was, okay, let's climb this ladder. Let's see how far you can get, you know? And so it was step-by-step step, learning the process, learning a business, learning the process of that particular business and just like chipping away at it. And I, be, I it was a great career. I mean, I, I loved it and I was good at it. You know, it was a successful career. Um, so I, there was challenges all the time, but I, I mean, I can't even, there wasn't like, Oh, that's a huge one. Oh yeah. I remember that challenge. Cause it's like, to me, that's just life. There are challenges, you know, welcome yeah. to, welcome to the rest of your life. <laughs> it ain't easy. Right? <laughs> so true. And I think when, you know, athletes kind of first transition out of their sport, there's like this expectation that like they should be fine or they, they come across a challenge and they're like, I shouldn't be facing these challenges, but like frame it like you experience challenges every day as an athlete. So why would it be different? Right. So I think that's such a good point. Yeah. yeah, There's also the, I think uh, one of the um, challenges for athletes, especially coming out of division one school or whatever, like just collegiate athletes um, at a young age is they were good. And um, they were probably the best of, of a lot of their peers, you know, they got a, a scholarship or they got, they made it as a walk on and that means they're good. And then all of a sudden to, to transition in like a span of like a couple months from being the best, the senior, the, you know, whatever, the right. elder on the team to now you are like starting over and you're probably the least experienced, not the best, like all of these things where it's kind of like, and for some people that feels like an ego blow. For me, that was just the challenge. Yeah, that is such a good way to frame it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I, and I think a lot of life is about framing, framing, yeah, right? How you, yeah. How are you going to view this? Like you can view it as, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. I'm the worst one on the team. I have no experience. I'm, they're never going to trust me. They're never going to listen to me. I'm never, or you can say, here we go. Strap on the boots. Like, let's get this, let's get life going. And like, um, I have a lot to learn and I, this is going to be fun. Yeah. And to, and to embrace that, to embrace that, like lean into the fact that now you get to be a newbie in something else. Yeah. I am currently like training for my bar certification, you know, LA bar. Yeah. 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 Fitness and Gosh, it is such a difference. One being coached, like I can be coached, yeah. you know, like, like in my spin classes, I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. But then to flip the switch and I used to coach gymnastics, but it was a little different than coaching right. and bar. And I went to like my eight hour training and I was such a newbie at it. And it yeah. was really, and for something that I thought was going to kind of like blend nicely with gymnastics and dance and music and whatnot, it was so challenging, but it was such like a good check-in for me that I'm like, I haven't felt like a newbie in something like this for a while. Yeah. I've kind of settled into aspects of my career. So it was actually refreshing to feel like a newbie. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's how I am with skiing and all my friends. Like they're really good and hardcore and heli ski every year. And I'm like, well, 
I'm going to go over here to the blue run. <laughs> I'll work my way up to you guys, but not this week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm interested then, you know, kind of when you found cycling, did you have an initial period where you're like, oh, this is fun, but I like, I know I have a lot of work to do, but I want to keep going in this new sport space. Totally. That's exactly what happened actually. And to me, that was like the next ladder to climb. I mean, it's like (laughs) so competitive, but like, so I went to this, um, how it happened is I went to this, um, camp or like a weekend clinic. It was a clinic. It was a weekend clinic down at Colorado Springs at the Olympic training center. And it was like literally how to ride the velodrome. And I was like, I, you know, had never been on a fixed gear bike. I didn't know what a velodrome was. Um, and by the end of the camp, they were doing these races and I, it was ABCs and A's were the, you know, the most experienced B's were intermediate C's were beginners. And I won the C race and they're like, Oh, you need to move up. It, racing gets, you know, men, women, all ages. Mm-hmm move up to the B race. So I moved up to the B's race and I won that. And this coach came up to me and he goes, well, how long have you been racing? And I was like, well, today's my first day. And he was like, no, I mean, like how long have you, he's like, I know you're new to Colorado, but how long have you been racing your bike? And I was like, no, literally today's my first day. What? Like, (laughs) here's my card. And I thought it was like some creepy man. It was like, Mm-hmm. And his card said like Olympic training center, national team coach. And I was like, whatever, he's creepy. That's weird. <laughs> and, uh, so I went back home and he's like, I'll see you. He's like, give me a call this week. And I didn't call him because I was going on a business trip or something, you know, it's like last thing from my mind. That was my, that was my weekend activity. And then, um, I asked a friend and they were like, oh yeah, no, that's legitimately the national team coach. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I should call him. So like three weeks later, I call him and he's like, there's a national team camp next week. I want you to be included in this, you know, train with us or whatever. So, um, I went down and I did this camp and I was now I'm roles reverse. I was like the oldest by like 10 years and like (laughs) one of only two females, there was another female there. And, um, and I just saw it as a challenge just to yeah. your, your same point. I was like, Oh my gosh, I could actually be good at this. Like I could see it. I could feel it. Um, you know, they were encouraging, but I was by far the slowest one at that camp, but in track. So I started in track cycling and in track cycling, everything is time-based. Mm. So it's like you rode a, you know, say at the time, a 39 second, 500 meter. I'm like, I want to get to 38 seconds and then I want to get to 37 seconds. So it was like really easy to set goals in track cycling, which for me, like a little bit type A and I love numbers. Like that was like, that was it. That's all I needed to hear. I needed to have a goal and I was done. I will get at 36 seconds or whatever my, you know? And so that was, and then you start, you know, putting the same, um, Based whether it's my personality or whatever, you start putting the same thing that I've now just put into 10 years of climbing the corporate ladder, which is like my focus and my time management and my, you know, just ability to commit to something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, I, you know, I balanced um, working life and cycling for about a year and a half before I started getting invitations to travel internationally, or maybe it was two years. And then I had the opportunity in my 
job was going through some, they're transitioning a team and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know what? I don't want someone else to lose their job when I'm half-hearted into this anyway. So I walked away from my career and just went, yeah, full on into cycling about two years into it. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And so you were, I believe you said your career span was 10 years. Just about 10 years, just under 10 years. Yeah. So what, what were some of, I guess, the aspects of being at the professional level in cycling that you are like hands down loved that experience or that experience taught me this about myself? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I mean, I love team sports and sight and I grew up with team sports. They're my, still my girls, you know, and cycling was a team sport ish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kind of like gymnastics. Right. Exactly. It's like you're on a team, but you're actually competing against each other. Right. Yep. So we're like supportive, like, Hey, I really want you to be fast, but I want to be faster than you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I had to learn and I still at the end of my career, it was probably one of my downfalls in cycling, which is, you know, sounds very loaded for me to say this, but one of my downfalls was like, I really am more of a team player than I am an individual athlete. Mm, yeah. So I had to learn with myself to like, it was about me, you know, and that was not natural. It was, that was a, that was a hard thing for me, you know, like going out and training alone and going out and wanting to be like, like, I don't know, not I, while I wanted to encourage my teammates, I, I also wanted to be the best, you know, I was competing for Olympic positions. Like there was only four positions that went to the Olympics, you know, and I was number five. So like, there you go, you know? So it was such, such, such an amazing opportunity. I traveled the world. I represented our country and several different continents. I, you know, as 30 something years old, I was fighting for Olympic positions with people who had been racing since they were 15. I mean, it was, you know, I had to get stuck in and lean in hard Mm -hmm. and quick. Yeah. Well, what a cool, like, two point, like chapter (laughs) 2.0, right? Or just your sports journey. Yeah. I, I wonder what 3.0 is going to be. Maybe right. in my 50s, I'll do like um, speed walking or something. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. Just, you know. <laughs> I think once an athlete, That's always true. an athlete. I mean, That's true. totally, right? Like, I mean, are you as addicted to like that adrenaline of like just getting a workout in? Oh, yeah. No, I used to tell my husband, like, he's like, just go work out for like 30 minutes. I was like, if I don't feel to the point where I'm going to like, you know, this is sounds dramatic, but like basically hurled and like, was it, was it worth it? <laughs> was my workout actually productive? And that's totally. such a, such an athlete thing. Do you know, do you know what's awesome though is, um, so the last two and a half, three years, I've really, um, gone full gas at my career and running my own real estate business. And it's, you know, 60 hours a week and there's very little free time. And yeah go through periods where I'm not working out as much as I would like. And you know, the beauty of being out of shape though, is it it takes me less time to get that, (laughs) those, those, um, hormones released when I'm exercising. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I don't have to ride my bike for four hours anymore, right. an hour and a half. And I'm like, oh yeah, feel okay. good. Yes, I know. And that's just a whole nother aspect of, you know, transitioning out of, I would say like a competitive sport and yeah. into like life, like balancing yeah working out, doing your full-time role or like yourself running a business. And that in itself is quite the interesting journey. And it took me forever to really kind of find what, what made me tick in like in this new setting, because I would go to the gym and kind of like stand there and be like, okay, I can do, I can create a workout for myself, but just from being an athlete, and being coached since age six, I yeah. want to coach there. I yeah. want to be in the spin class or the yoga class or the bar class and someone guiding me through it. Cause that's just, I don't know. That's just yeah. like, you know, what was ingrained for me. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I actually just joined a, um, or earlier this year, became a member of this place in Boulder called um, Revo PT and they're amazing. And, mm-hmm. and they work with like super high level athletes, but I, the whole reason i started going to their gym is because I need a coach to tell me what to do. Yes. And I spent three years, two and a half years without having it like, and I'm like, okay, it's not exactly like, I want someone to push me. Like I want someone that challenge, you know? And so, um, I'm very similar to you and but it's hard. Like, I mean, I feel like that is the hardest thing, um, for athletes who go into the working world of finding the balance and, I see so many people who have no balance who are still wanting to ride four hours every day on their bikes. And I'm like, wait, hold on. You, you've retired. You're wondering why your career's not taking off on whatever you're doing. Yeah. But you also, I just saw in your Strava, you rode for three and a half hours on a Tuesday afternoon. Like what? Yeah. What? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's something that, um, I, I feel like for myself, I'm really lucky in that I knew when I was going to retire, I knew that when, um, when I had, when I backed out of the national team and I wasn't going to the 2016 Olympics, like it was impossible. Mm-hmm. I knew 2016 was going to be my last season, no matter what, whether it's Olympics or not Olympics, I already said that. Mm-hmm. So I had already been planning since the beginning of 2015, what I was going to do afterwards and how that was going to look and setting myself up. And like getting my LLC and taking my tests and all, you know, mm-hmm. I see so many people who are retired, who are still like floundering, like, yeah. and I want to shake them. And it's like some of the, some of my closest friends, female friends, I've actually had very serious talks with, like, you have to like, you, like, what do you want to do? Where's your passion? Mm-hmm. Let's let's help find that career within a passion still. It doesn't, but not cycling, you know, or if it is cycling, if that's your only passion, that's fine too. Let's find a career within that that doesn't require you racing a bike. Right. You know, um, and that is the hardest part for people. Mm -hmm. Integrating those aspects that they love or that, you know, still light their soul up while trying to, navigate the whole other side of career and finding what's next in a professional sense. Right. Uh, yeah. But being able to sever the ties too. Like I'm not saying it needs to, you need to be cold Turkey and not ride your bike or not be running or not whatever your sport is. I'm not saying it's cold Turkey, but I'm saying 
you can't, there is no fence in my, in my, in my world. I'm going to speak for myself. Mm -hmm. For me, there was no, I'm going to be on the fence of whether I'm still going to ride my bike Mm -hmm. 25 hours a week or not. Like, no, I'm not. I'm actually going to actually be working and be, you know, when I can fit in riding my bike or doing other exercise or whatever. But my priority has to be starting my next chapter. Mm, And that's so good. Yeah. And I feel like there, when you read a book, you go for the end of one chapter to the next chapter. Mm -hmm. There is not some gray area in between where there's just pages written in words that you're reading, but you're in no man's land. Like that's not how, like in my personal world, I, I didn't want that. I did I couldn't afford to have that happen. You know, I'm, you know, was 40 years old when I retired from cycling and there was no, let me figure out what I'm going to do. And then by the time I'm 50, I'm going to have another career, you know? (laughs) And I feel like athletes, a lot of them are such type A that that, um, not having that gray area and being on the fence is a very uncomfortable place. Mm -hmm. Very Very uncomfortable. And that's might might be what causes some depression, causes some anxiety, causes some turmoil in your personal life is, is just being in that gray area because as athletes, for so many years, we know where we're going, yep. we know what the goals are, we know how to get there, we know when your off season is, when your training season is, when your race season is, your performance season, whatever your sport is, mm-hmm. and, you, and you have these set goals. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have set goals, and you don't have a career that's giving you goals. I feel like we're so goal-driven and, like, you know, yeah. That is where people run into like some emotional problems, be it anxiety or depression or whatever, right? We just had a transition that from sport to life. And it can be something so small, like I'm going to meditate for three minutes this morning. And like, yeah. and, and athletes were like, is that a goal really? But right. no, like goals in life don't have to look like goals in sport, Right. right. Totally. And I'm loving that we're having this conversation because this is why like the Her Sports Story platform exists is so that women can talk with other women about these types of topics. And I know that in this space that I've been in, there's just been, gosh, like this new wave of female athletes helping female athletes. And I think this kind of ties into everything else that's kind of going on in the world. Yeah, totally. We've got each other. (laughs) Exactly. Which is amazing. And it kind of ties in with one of the reasons why we connected, which is in regards to the Colorado Classic. Totally. Yeah. And so this event, as you are well aware of, has evolved a little bit. So go ahead and talk about this year's upcoming Colorado Classic. Well, it's so amazing that it's not just females recognizing how awesome we are. <laughs> it's actually business <laughs> saying, you know what? Women's sport is so damn exciting and we have such good stories to tell that we're actually, so Colorado Classic has put all their money and all their management and all their time and focus into making the best women's race in the country. And soon to be on a world platform. And um, it is impressive because here we are, we have male CFOs, CEOs who run these big businesses who are saying, 
I believe in what we're doing with these women. And why is it more exciting? Because women are interesting athletes. They're not all, they, it's not a straight line from, they started riding a bike at 10 and now they're professional at 20. We all have, similar to my story, most women who are professional bike racers have these jagged timelines and professional careers and how they got into cycling. It's not, it's not the same old story. And so um, there's, most of them are super well-educated. You'll find in the women's peloton, more women have master's degrees and PhDs and there's some MDs in there. Yeah. It's, um, women are amazing and the, they're, and they're such good athletes and the bike racing is exciting. So Colorado Classic has decided that we're going to tell that story. We're going to let the public, you know, get behind these women and support it. And because it's not just, um, yeah, we're not, it's not a small game anymore. You know, it's, we're on the big scene. So it's, um, I'm, I'm really impressed with what the Colorado Classic has been doing and, um, I hope that the local people in Colorado can, um, get behind it but more importantly that women supporting women mm -hmm. so we're the ones who have this opportunity to drive the social media attention towards it to support it to follow the stories of these women who um that we're going to start hearing this the, the personal stories of some of these women who are going to be racing and um girls we have got to put our money and our focus and our energy behind what we say we're passionate about. And to me, that means doing everything we can to make sure that, um, that the general public is aware that this race is going on. Cause as soon as they see it, the women race, it is way more exciting than most <laughs> races. I'll tell you that. And I just, I'm so excited. And, you know, from my background as a competitive gymnast for 15 years, and then now expanding and hearing these stories from women across so many sports. Yeah. yeah. And then hearing what the Colorado Classic is doing. And of course, I've just been reading up on it and following social media. Like I, my connection is of course that, that I'm a woman and can find myself in these athletes that like, are going to have this stage to just be fully themselves, be proud of what they're doing yeah. and get to do it with a group and an audience yeah. of people that are rallying behind them. Oh yeah, and like the coolest thing to me about cycling, one of the coolest things is that in the, in the women's Peloton, that there's such a span of ages and mm -hmm. stories. You know, like we in the Colorado Classic are going to have um, anywhere from teenagers racing to like people in their late 30s who've gone to the Olympics and medaled. Wow. You know, we're going to have the um, first um, woman who's trying to be the first professional African American professional cyclist. Wow. That's huge. That's so huge. I mean, I cannot believe it's taken this long, you know. <laughs> There's so, that. I mean, what in the world? <laughs> Major Taylor was the first professional male cyclist and all his photos are in black and white. So where, where have we been, you know, as women? So, um, anyway, it's, um, it's, it is such a good platform for us to, you know, get to know these women. And I just really think that Colorado is the state for it because we're progressive. Mm -hmm. um, we've got these beautiful scenic rides we want in towns that we want to show off 
Um, and we've got people who love cycling. So um, we, Colorado people, I'm talking to you. You guys need to get out and watch this race and support these women. And all of us, all of us women who want to support other women athletes, we need to be sharing our stuff on social media. We need to be giving shouts out to this race, you know, so they, so the sponsors can see it. You know, VF Corporation is the major sponsor that um, has stepped up. And um, I think they are leading the way in putting their money where their mouth is. They're an outdoors company and, you know, represent lots of different brands. And they've got women in um, executive positions all throughout their company. And so they're really putting their money where their mouth is. Like they're, they're supporting this women's race. This mm. And I can just only imagine the energy that's going to be. Uh, unbelievable. It's going like the coolest part about women in racing is that they're, they're interested in their fans. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can't tell you how many races I've been to where the little kids are coming up to the racers and the men, for, I'm not one to generalize, but you know, for the most part, they're too busy. They got things. The women will stop and talk to the kids and talk to the fans. And it's very personal. Cycling is an interesting sport like that. The athletes are right there. You can see them, you can talk to them, you can touch them. Mm -hmm. women are really good about that so it, it's it'll be it'll be super fun to get out and like for the communities to actually see these athletes and be able to talk to them yes just to connect and engage and allow the opportunity for these athletes to inspire not only youth but just those in the community and to be yeah. like this is so cool and I get to be a part of it even totally. as a spectator totally so I yeah. am so glad that you, you know, talked about the Colorado Classic and I can't wait to, cause like now I feel like I'm a part of it. I know and I love that. I love that your, your background is a gymnast. You don't live in Colorado and like you are aware of this race and yeah. you're following it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. And I can't, I am so excited to see where it goes like from here on yeah. after, since this is kind of like the first time it's going this direction, but I know, like, I already know it's going to be. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm psyched. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. thank you for letting me talk about it. And PS, I've got no personal interest in it. I'm not employed by this race. <laughs> like I am just a passionate fan. So <laughs> this is not a plug because I'm sponsored by anybody or, mm -hmm. or being paid by the racers, the race promoters. Not at all. Like I'm just so psyched about it. Which is what I absolutely love. And a part of just like the female athlete community is that yeah. we're like, oh, hell yeah. Like we're yeah. going to rally behind you. Totally. Yeah. Like we've never met. I don't technically know you, but I know the drive, the passion, the grit that it takes to be at the level that you're Listen, in. if we could have more Serena Williams in our lives, yes. like how awesome was she, not just for us women athletes, to be like, thank you, Serena, you're speaking for all of us. She's such a badass. But like, he actually got like the general public to stand behind her. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and so it's like, yeah, I agree. Like, I think the women across all sports, like it's a new era and we're looking at each other saying, go on girl. I got your back. Yep. You know, I don't care what sport you play. I don't know anything about curling. I'm sure they're awesome too, but like, <laughs> no, but like every, like, I feel like we're all just like, we're all on the same page, all on the same level. And if you know, and, for a Serena Williams type to get more women who aren't athletes, 
mm -hmm. to get on our page, to get on our level and to see the, the, the struggles that athletes have and the dedication and what it takes, you know, yeah. it's, so, it's so, it's a very cool moment in women's sports history. It really is. And I'm glad I'm a part of it and you're a yeah, part of it. Me <laughs> so and thank you for your passion. So okay, I, I'm not to like wind this down, but like what you're doing is really awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I, I, you know, what started as a way for just like a platform for women to remember like how badass they were as an athlete, because when we go into our, I would say normal-ish lives, we at times forget like, girl, you did right. so much. And just to recognize that in each other and to recognize that everyone has challenges and struggles in life but we're all in it together and we're all navigating it together. And it's better when we go through these transitions and times yeah. together. So. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, and, I, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about the business world, but mm -hmm. I find myself having that same um, morale and support of the, some of the women I work with where I'm like, come on girl. Like we don't, we're not on the same team. I, we don't, my income or my business success is not dependent on, but I want to pick her up by the bootstraps. Right. And I learned that from sport. And that's what, you know, like, I just feel like, um, and it's not all about only being a woman, but I just think being a part of sport and being on a team where you just want to pat each other on the back and say, you got this, you know, let's do this together. Right. So, yeah. Well, before we go into our final question here, where can people connect with you? Whether oh, that's yeah. Instagram or what? So I have to say I'm more involved um, on Instagram and Facebook. Those are my things. And I would love for people to reach out. My personal, um, I've got business ones too, but you can find those through my personal. My personal, um, both Instagram and um, Facebook, ironically, is Run Carrie. Mm -hmm. So, and that's R U N C A R I. So my name is spelled a little bit different, but Run Carry, and um, yeah, that came from my college days when I was addicted to running. Not addicted, I just loved running. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. And for this next question, I always ask our podcast guests that. If they were in a room with like 50 to 100 athletes who had just left their sport and they are totally in the midst of like transition mode, like, yeah. I don't know, up from down, or I feel this sense of a little bit of loss and, you know, just trying to find their way. Yeah. What advice would you give them? Well, it's going to sound a little cliche. But I just posted on my Instagram the other day, I was riding my bike down this long dirt road and it was gorgeous. I was loving the moment of it, but I was like, this is such an analogy for life. You've got this long road, there are bumps everywhere. There are holes that you can fall into. And instead of being, oh, woe is me, this hurts, this is uncomfortable. I'm bumping around too much. I'm going to get a flat tire. Like I literally was looking up and looking at where I was going. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it is so bright and beautiful in front of me. And the road is wide open. Like I have everything in front of me that I could possibly dream for. And I've got nothing else that's going to hold me back except me, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what I would tell them is like, the world is big go get what you want and do not get caught up in your bumps and your, and your pitfalls and your holes. 
and this is not a woe is me moment. This is your life. Ooh, that yeah. is really good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's, uh, it's funny because I literally just posted that on my Instagram a couple days ago and I was like, this is so perfect for life. This is it right here. Yeah, it really is. And like yeah. life, not even in regards to sports, but just everything after. Everything after. It's not, it's not all about sport. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with us. I'm so excited to have you a part of this community. Yeah, thank you. And I look forward to everything that's going to come for you and what's ever next, you know, in your your next 10 year yeah right right. and I look forward to following it so thank you so much it was really enjoyable talking to you and thanks for doing what you're doing 